Open your Bible to the book of 2 Samuel, chapter number 6. I know what time it is. And it is time for us to give our undivided attention to the Lord. 2 Samuel, chapter 6. Read with me in your Bible, verse 12, if you can stand to your feet to reverence God's word, I would appreciate that. And it was told uh, King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom, and all that pertaineth unto him, because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. Notice the phrase, with gladness. Verse 13, And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. There's a principle in that verse that will not take time to preach, but just to point out that you need not to take too many steps without pausing and giving God praise. Verse 14, And David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of a trumpet. We'll stop reading there and focus on verse 14 where the Bible said that David danced before the Lord with all his might. Today my assignment is to preach unto you this thought, offering up a mighty praise. Thank you, and you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, for the next little while, I pray now that you would clothe me with humility, wash me in your blood, fill me with your spirit, and hide me behind the cross so that as I speak forth the words of God from your book, that it will penetrate our hearts to such a degree that we will leave this place having said that we had an encounter with God Almighty. May we not look at it as feeble words from uh, lips of clay, but as of the oracles of God from your word. And help us to do exactly that. Help us not to speak anything in contradiction to or in opposition to your word and your will and your spirit. We pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The nation of Israel got all fouled up with God. It was a, a repeating occurrence in Somehow or another, and I don't have time to get into the details this morning. There's, let me say this. This verse and this passage is so loaded uh, with, with truths and concepts and avenues that we could take down that I've, I only have time to focus on specifically the angle that God has led me to take this morning. I'm sure there are others that could do a much greater job preaching expositorily upon this text. Uh, and I may, in some people's minds, slaughter it, and I pray that I don't, but I'm going to do the best that I can with the help of the Lord. Amen. But they were in a mess. 
the uh, enemy had come and taken their ark from them because they got in trouble with God. And the ark uh, is symbolic of the presence and the blessings of God in their life. And one of the problems that Israel had is they worshipped the ark rather than the God of the ark. They wanted to start using the ark as a, uh, a trinket, a, uh, a good luck charm. Without, uh, without any respect to the God of the ark and the principles that he came to deliver to them and expect them to live by. And isn't that what we do sometimes? We, we treat church attendance, we treat Bible reading sometimes, we treat our daily religious routine sometimes. Uh, we're guilty of treating those as good luck charms. Well, I read my Bible, so God's got to bless me. God don't have to do nothing if you're still living in opposition to what that book says. Can I get an amen? We've we got to be more interested in, and some people even uh, make a, build whole denominations on which version of the Bible that they preach out of. And I've got my own preference by conviction, but we're not going to harp on that this morning because I'm more interested in learning about the God of the Bible. Can I get an amen? What does this book say to me and how can I live by its principles and what does God expect of me? I can wrap a Bible around my chest and walk around with it and act like I'm holier than everybody else. But if I don't understand its content and respect its principles, then I am a hypocrite and God help me for pretending to be something that I am not. Amen. And so many times they would get in trouble because they forgot about the God of the ark. But in this case, I believe God was sending a message to David. When David heard about the fact that the ark had been parked in the house of a heathen, in the house of an unbeliever, in the house of an idol worshiper, but God began to open up the wounds of the barren, and God began to give him the best tomato patches you've ever seen in your life, and everything started coming to life and blooming and blossoming, and you ain't seen the flowers that they could plant at the house of Obed-Edom. You ain't seen the grass any greener than anywhere else, and the Bible said that God had blessed his house, and, and David got word of it and said, oh, God must be showing us something he wants to be back in our midst uh, so he can bless us again amen uh, and I want to tell you something God wants his manifested presence back in his churches today so that he can bless his people again amen God help us to hunger and thirst after righteousness and not settle for the fact that God is blessing somewhere else and somebody else and some other ministry and we look at we could pull up a, a any number of ministries online or on television and we can ooh and we can ah and we can say oh boy I wish God moved like that over here but I'm, I got news for you amen we can have just as much of God's presence manifest uh, and just as much of the blessings of God on our ministry as any ministry on this planet uh, if we're willing to go after the presence of God can somebody say amen this morning but we're going to have to learn what David learned. What did David learn? Let me say something about David. The Bible described David as a man after God's own heart. What that literally means, I believe, is that he was interested in what God was interested in. That he wanted to know and understand and pursue the, what's on God's heart. Have you ever asked someone when you noticed a troubled look on their face, what's on your mind? What's on your heart? What's your... What are you thinking about? And typically when we ask them that, we, 
we're, we're prodding so that we, maybe we can discover their issue and maybe come to their aid to minister healing and help and strength. Have you, when was the last time you come to the Lord and said, Lord, what's on your mind today? What's on your heart today? What's on your agenda today, Lord? I'm going to set my agenda aside because we're so busy talking to God about what we want Him to do for us and the things he want, we want Him to, uh, the, the prayers we want Him to answer and the people that we're asking Him to heal. And He's good with that. He don't mind us asking. In fact, He told us to ask. But when was the last time we said, Lord, today I'm not going to ask you for something from me, but I want to ask something from you. Would you show me your heart? Show me what you're thinking about. Show me what your will is. Is there a place uh, that I'm outside of your will? Is there a way that I can get closer to you? Is there a way that I could be more pleasing to you? And I believe that this is the essence of being people after God's own heart. To figure out what is the heartbeat of God. Amen? And uh, there's much that could be said about that. Uh, but one thing we learned is that as David uh, began to discover the heart of God, uh, it's very evident in the fruit of David's uh, ministry and earthly existence uh, that what his, his actions, I believe, uh, direct, was in direct correlation to what God revealed to him his heart was. And what do we see do, David doing as much as anything in his life? It's praise. I believe if we could hear the heartbeat of God, I believe if we were to hear from the Spirit of the Lord this morning more than anything else, God would say, I want my people to learn how to praise me. I want my people to learn how to adore me. I want my people to learn how to worship me in spirit and in truth. And I'm not talking about some religious formality this morning. I'm not talking about uh, how many noise decibels that you can create with your set of lungs and your vocal cords. I, it may get loud, but that's not the point. Uh, how loud does your worship uh, get uh, in showing this world who your allegiance belongs to in your actions, in your attitudes, in your goals, and in your aspirations. And I believe if we were to know the heartbeat of God, it would be that God's people recognized His preeminence and acknowledged His glory and began to live like it. Amen. And let people know, the Bible says, to let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And God forgive us for being too quiet. We have a King of kings and a Lord of lords that are at the head of our ship uh, and we pretend like we're defeated we pretend like we're discouraged uh, and we act like we're on the last run uh, last mile amen we're fixing to lose it all sometimes we get the, the discouraged depressed amen and God says I'm above that uh, and you need to get your thinking up the Bible says oh magnify the Lord all uh, oh, you people that means to get your perspective right uh, God cannot be any bigger than he already is except in your perspective so if you're not praising him this morning if I'm not praising him this morning it's because our perspective of him is too low God would have us to elevate our perspective of him to understand that he's above it all that he knows it all as and he is your all somebody say amen this morning uh, I'm talking about offering up a mighty, mighty praise. David danced before the Lord with all his might. I believe uh, that David danced so hard that if he comes down this aisle dancing the way he did in the Bible, that it would scare most of us Baptists to death. 
Can I get an amen? I think it would make us nervous. I think we would say, oh, I don't want, we can't have that kind down here. They might think we're Pentecostal. And we're more afraid of being labeled than we are giving God glory. Can I get another amen? <laughs> but David danced with all of his might. Let's look at that quickly. I've got to hurry. This word might means boldness. It does mean loudness. It does mean strength. It does mean power. And it does mean majesty. That's a pretty big word. I'm talking about offering up a mighty praise to God. Uh, Webster defined this as ability. He also defined it as strength or application of means, strength or force of purpose, and strength of affection. I believe that this gives us some insight as to what it means to offer up a mighty praise unto God. That if we're going to praise God mightily like King David did and, and be a man after God's own heart, uh, then we're going to be willing to praise Him with our means. Uh, that's what's in our hands. Uh, we're going to be willing to praise God with our purpose. Uh, that's with our actions. Uh, and we're going to be willing to praise God with our affection, which is in our hearts. It's going to encompass every single facet of your life. God doesn't want your Sunday morning routine. He wants every fiber of your being and every waking moment of your day and every sleeping hour of your night. God is an all-consuming fire and He didn't come to set up a little corner in your house while you keep charge of most of it, but He came to take over, honey. And it's time that the church of the living God set our agendas aside and let the King of glory come in, set up rule and reign front and center and have the preeminence in our lives and have the preeminence in our ministry and let every man be liar and let God be true. Amen, church? Yes, give God some glory this morning. Give Him a mighty praise. A mighty praise. To praise Him with our means. By the way, when we're talking about praise, we're speaking of outward expression of inward devotion. We can worship God all by ourselves with just us and God. I do, I do it often. Hopefully you do too. Amen. But praise is the act of publicly announcing your affection to Him. <laughs> to let others know how worthy He is and why He's worthy. So that they too can submit both knees to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise is an outward expression of an inward devotion to God. And I believe that when God, somebody as big as God moves in on the inside of you, amen, as little as you and I are, he's going to have to pop out somewhere. Amen, church. He's going to have to show up somewhere. He's going to show up in your talk. He's going to show up in your walk. He's going to show up in the places you go. Amen. He's going to show up in the things that you do. Somebody say amen. We're going to have to give God some glory with our life. And start. it starts with our means. Now, let, do you want to know what happens when, when we begin to give God some praise that's due His name? We could find it in the book of Psalm, chapter number 24, and at verse number 7. The Bible says, Lift up your heads, O ye 
uh, gates, and be ye lift up the everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Let's read, and he, and, he, and he says, who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong, and that's that capital, all caps word. <laughs> Yahweh, hallelujah. The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. You know why he wants a mighty praise? Because he is mighty, amen? Uh, and you can't praise him enough, uh, amen? And then he repeats himself in verse 9 for emphasis. And I like what one preacher said, when God speaks once, it's enough. But pay attention when he repeats himself, even more so. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. What God is saying to us today, if you want the manifested power and presence of God in your midst again, then you're going to have to give Him an introduction worthy of who He is. Amen. And you can't mully grub and expect Him to show up. And you can't whine and complain and expect Him to show up. And you can't, amen, feel sorry for yourself and have a pity party and talk about all your problems and what the church is doing wrong and why we can't get nothing done and be the uh, the, the ten uh, that doubted when they came and spied out the land uh, and talking about how the giants are too big, the problems are too hard, and there's no way we can defeat him. And any church that talks like that will never see God do anything big in their midst. Uh, but God give us a church that says the Lord is high and lifted up. Uh, the Lord's train fills the temple. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords, and there's nothing too strong for him. Uh, there's nothing too hard for him and you get to lifting up the name of the Lord and God will come in the back door and walk up front and take over amen and he'll show you what he can do with a people that's willing to just lift him up and keep their focus on him and his ability and his strength instead of our weaknesses you know how David won many a battle because he was a praiser Amen. He, he kept his focus not on his inadequacies, but on the Lord's abilities. Amen. Uh, when the Lord gave us the model prayer, the first thing we do is say, Our Father, which art in heaven, <laughs> whoo, we acknowledge who he is. We, we acknowledge <laughs> mm, where he is. Amen. Uh, he's the Father, number one. He's in heaven, number two. Uh, and then number three, uh, we acknowledge what he is. His name is Hallowed. Uh, amen. And you'll get nowhere in your prayer until you establish base number one. Who God is, where God is, and what God is to you. You got to get your thinking up. If you want God to come in and show up uh, and be on the scene in your personal life or in your ministry, you're going to have to give Him some praise and honor and glory. And that's why I don't make no apologies for getting excited about Jesus. And that's why I don't feel guilty and I don't feel bad about trying to provoke you to praise God. Because if we don't praise Him, we've not lived for our purpose. Amen. Because our ultimate and highest aim and goal should be to glorify God with our lives above all else and if we can't do it at the house of God I doubt we're going to do it out there in the world amen at least let us start here and pray that it carries on throughout the week amen we got to praise him with our means 
That's right. <laughs> Let's go to Second Chronicles chapter number 29 real quickly. And verse number 2. Yes, Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 2. I'll actually start reading verse 1. We're talking about praising with our means. Furthermore, David, the king, said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great. David, you remember, was wanting to build a house for the Lord, and the Lord said, you've got too much blood on your hands. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll let your son build it. And so David couldn't build it, but he could gather the materials. So he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll facilitate the process as much as you'll allow me, Lord. <laughs> and he began, and this is interesting, Solomon. He said, my son is still young. He's tender. He's not been hardened by life and its disappointments and its challenges yet. Uh, he's going to need some strength. He's going to need some guidance. He's going to need some help. Amen. But God has chosen him. Right? And, and can I say this as your relatively new pastor? The work is too great for me. First Chronicles instead of Second Chronicles. My apologies. Thank God for an awesome wife. Y'all give her some love this morning. Amen. <laughs> I thought, she's flagging me down. What have I said wrong? My apologies. First Chronicles chapter 29. Thank you, sweetheart. But as your pastor, this work is too great for me. And this work is too great for you as an individual. But this work is not too great for God. So it's our job to figure out how we can work together to stand out of God's way and let him do it through us. And each of us just do our part. Amen? None of us have called to do it all. All of us are called to do some of it. Amen? And so, give it to God. Verse 2, Now I have prepared, what did David say next? With all my might for the house of my God. The gold for things to be made of gold. And I, I'm not going to read the whole list, but he's got gold, silver, brass, uh, carpet, everything you can imagine. He's, he, he, he just poured it all in and, and, and laid it all out. I, I believe he even had the template laid out and the, and the set of instructions and said, Now, Solomon, I, don't, I can't do this, uh, but this is how you do it. And I believe he gave him the blueprint and said, this, if you'll put these pieces here and put those pieces there, it'll all come together. Don't you think he, uh, he, he, he laid it out, probably even laid out the plan maybe. But it was because his heart was in it. And he didn't limit anything. And because of his example, verse 6, then the chief of the fathers and princes of the tribes of Israel and the captains of thousands and of hundreds with the rulers of the king's work offered willingly and gave for the, the service of the house of God of gold. And then it skips to silver. Verse 8, it skips to stones. Verse 9, the Bible says, then the people rejoiced for that they 
they offered willingly because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. I wish I could take time this morning to delve into all of what's in this chapter. But my main point and my main emphasis is they gave mightily of their means and they rejoiced greatly and they were with one mind and one accord and of a willing heart. And God wants our praise to manifest in our giving. I want to ask you a question. Does your giving reflect a mighty praise to God? Oh, Lord, help us this morning. At the times that we've held back and our giving can directly reflect our, our ability or our willingness to praise the Lord. God does not uh, ask you to give any more than you can give, but He does ask that what you give is given with all of your heart, with willingness and admiration and purity of heart. Amen, church? And can you give with a willing heart? And can you give with all of your might? It's not the quantity of your gift, but it is the quality of your gift. And we need not to give begrudgingly. Well, here comes the tithing plate again. I guess I'll give this week. Can't really afford it. And I guess I'm supposed to do it. And let me tell you, if that's your attitude, God don't want your money. That's right. And the deacons are scrambling up. Take that statement back, preacher. We need that money. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. They, they would agree with me on this. If it can't be done with purity, singleness of heart, sincerity, it need not be done. So that begs the question, how, how does our means reflect our praise to God? Amen i got to move on to the second point. I'm talking about a mighty praise. It's going to affect the way we give. It's going to affect how we participate in supplying the needs of the work of God that God has called us to accomplish while we're here on this planet. Not only does it reflect our means, but it, it involves our purpose. Uh, I, I want to draw your attention out of one verse, and you don't have to follow me in case I mess it up again, 2 Kings uh, chapter 23 and verse number 25. This is King Josiah. And the Bible said uh, about Josiah uh, that, and like him, there was no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might. I'm talking about a mighty praise. A According to the law, according to all the law of Moses, neither after him arose there any like him. And I believe the Holy Spirit penned those words about King Josiah because he offered a mighty praise to God. And I know he wasn't perfect and even had his flaws, but I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit highlighted in this verse is worthy of our utmost attention. That he gave of all his might in his actions. I mean, he tore down the strongholds. He, he called the people to repentance. There's a lot of things that God used uh, King Josiah to do uh, to call Israel back to the Lord. Uh, like I said, he wasn't perfect, but he offered a mighty praise and God gave him credit for it. Now, let me ask you a question. Does your actions reflect a mighty praise to God? 
Because I've often said that praise is not just uh, uh, what we express in terms of our love to the Lord while we're in a church service. Uh, I know we have uh, religious calisthenics, so to speak. We have the lifting of the hands, right? We, we have the, the bowing the knee to the Lord in prayer. There are different ways that we can outwardly express how much we love the Lord, uh, but God wants to get in your daily walk. God wants you to be willing to speak up for Him while you're at Walmart or while you're in the drive-thru or while you're pumping gas, amen, uh, or wherever you go. Are you willing uh, to be a vessel and a mouthpiece for the praise that's due His name? He wants, to, he wants to get in your actions. He wants, to get to, he wants uh, Sunday to be every day in your life. That you're having church with God wherever you go and whatever you're doing. Now I know uh, uh, that you got responsibilities and I know that you can't, you, you, some of you got jobs and you can't break your focus and, and just have a Holy Ghost fit right up in the middle of your work schedule, amen. Uh, although sometimes you might want to. Uh, I know that we got to be practical, but what I'm talking about is just a daily awareness uh, and a moment by moment awareness of His presence and a willingness to let Him uh, uh, move in your life and move through your life uh, and to make your actions acceptable to the lord amen a mighty praise in your purpose in your actions in your means and lastly i want to talk about affection what is in your heart the book of deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5 says thou shalt love the lord thy god with all thy heart with all thy soul and with all thy what's the next word might I'm talking about an affection for God. An affection. What does your heart possess as it relates to your affection for God? Is it mighty? Does it extol the Lord in your life? Can people tell that you have a passion for Jesus? I'm afraid that if we measured our praise... On a, a, on a scale from wimpy to mighty, most of our praise will be closer to the wimpy side. And, and we can't praise Him enough. And, and those, that, th those that approach the mightier side of praise are often criticized because they're too rambunctious. Right? They're too noisy. Well, they're just making a show for themselves. Maybe not. You don't know that. You don't know that. When David danced for the Lord, one of his wives complained, mocked at him, and the Bible said she was barren, or she had no children, rather, for the rest of her life. Now, I don't know if David just no longer had relations with her or if the Lord shut up her womb, but either way, the consequence was that she had no more children. Because she put her mouth on somebody else's praise. You better be careful what you say about other people. You don't know whether it's fake or not. You just better say, you know what? If they're praising Jesus, I rejoice. If they're lifting up, you know what Paul said? Paul said, whether in truth or in pretense, Christ is preached and I rejoice. He said, I know there's some fakes in the ministry. I know there's some that's preaching with false pretense. Uh, they're preaching Jesus and they want, uh, they're probably in it for a paycheck or something. But he said, if they're mentioning Jesus, I'm glad about that. Amen. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That's even the hypocrite. Well, they ought not to praise God. According to the Bible, they should. 
Even the hypocrites should praise God. Because he's worthy regardless of whether or not they are. Right? right? Amen. Even the sinner should praise God. Now, I know it helps a whole lot for them to get saved. <laughs> Amen. It helps a whole lot. But I, I can't help but wonder why some of us who are saved don't praise Him like we ought to. Amen, church. And I'm not trying to make you uh, get on a guilt trip, and I'm not trying to manipulate you into becoming a, 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 some kind of a hoorah cheerleader when we come to church. Uh, but all I'm saying is when God stirs your heart, you give Him the expression of affection that He is worthy of, and you don't give a flip what anybody says about it. Amen. Because he is worthy of your affection and it ought to show from your heart. So I'm going to close with just a few verses for you to meditate on as we get ready to leave today. Psalm chapter 103 and verse 1. This is a psalm of David and he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. All that is within me. That's nothing held back. Uh, look at the intensity of his praise and worship. Job chapter 38 and verse 7 references the morning stars who sing praise together to the Lord. And it says, And all the sons of God shouted for joy. Don't tell me shouting is not a, 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 a uh, reference to worship. Amen. I, I grew up in an old-fashioned shouting Baptist church. Yeah, glory to God. Woo! And, and sometimes they were made fun of. Amen. But I tell you what, I ain't never been as, uh, I don't think I've ever felt closer to the Lord than when some old praying grandma watched a, uh, a wayward child go to the altar and get saved by the grace of God. And the joy so overflooded her soul that she just let out a holler, amen. And it was just an expression of joy and rejoicing and praise to Almighty God for the victory that had been gotten. And there was not a single thing wrong with it. What was wrong was when the, uh, the, the critics got started speaking up. Because God was worthy of all of that and a whole lot more. We, none of us offer a perfect praise in our frail, sin-cursed bodies. But may we give them the best praise we can. As we were in the, uh, in the uh, conference in Gatlinburg uh, the last couple of days, uh, and we were worshiping the Lord together, and uh, I'm talking about some exuberant praise. It was intense, and it was awesome, and the presence of God was so real every single service. Boy, I got refreshed spiritually, and I thank God for it. Amy, there were times that I couldn't sing as loud as I wanted to. But the Lord knowed my heart. I said, Lord, if I could sing louder than any of them, I would, but my voice is too weak. So I'll praise you with my actions. I'll praise you with my attitude. I'll praise you with my affections. I'll praise you any way I can. Though my voice is weak, may you see the praise oozing from my heart any way else that I can manifest it because you're worthy of my praise. 
Isaiah 55 verse 12 said, For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. I tell you what, the day that I got saved, it seemed like the colors were a little bit brighter. Amen. It seemed like the sun shined a little bit brighter. It seemed like the breeze felt just a, a smell just a little bit fresher that day. It seemed like the birds chimed in to sing an amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Amen. And I rejoiced with all of creation learning who my creator was in that yes he loved even me oh glory to God Luke 19 40 says and he answered and said unto them I tell you if these should hold their peace the stones would immediately cry out and Lord help the day that the, uh, the stones out in the church parking lot make more noise for Jesus than the redeemed sitting in the pews can somebody say amen right there may he receive the glory and the praise and the honor that's due his name some people wait on a feeling to, to praise the Lord. If you wait until you feel like praising God, you're likely never to do it. Some of you come in here with pains that you never dare mention to anybody. You live in chronic pain. And it's everything you can do to even come to the house of God. Amen. And, 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 and if you waited until you physically felt like praising God, you would never offer Him a praise. But when I see some of our feeble folk that I love with all of my heart uh, uh, walking in with a cane and barely able to move, uh, you know what I see? I see uh, a mighty praise. Amen. With every little feeble step uh, that they come in here, they're worshiping God because they chose to show up instead of staying home because they realized that God is worthy of every effort. It's not how loud you get or how high you jump, but it's who you serve and how much you're willing to do for Him. As limited as you may be, give all that you've got to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and watch Him move mightily in your life. Matthew 12, uh, 21 and verse 16 said and said unto Him, Hearest thou what these say, uh, these people were concerned about the children praising Jesus. And, and Jesus said unto them, uh, uh, Yea, uh, that's the King James rendition, uh, country boy, yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah. And have you not read, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected pray. I could see Jesus now. Y'all ain't read your Bible, have you? <laughs> Did y'all even go to Sunday school? Let me teach you what you have claimed to be teaching your whole life. That out of the mouth of babes and children that are, uh, that are young enough to be, be breastfed, that they, even God gets perfect praise out of them. Wow. Good night. Just gave him a deep theological uh, lesson in just a few short words. See, that infant, it can't articulate words correctly, but it can cry. And you may not know how to say it, but you can make some noise for Jesus. Amen. You can cry out to him. <laughs> and, and I'm talking about a perfect praise. Amen. Or as perfect a praise as you can get on this side of glory. Revelation 4.8 talks about the four beasts who had on each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within. Boy, I'd like to see them beasts, and I'm going to one day, amen. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 
holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit something here uh, that I probably shouldn't admit. But Now, I love praise and worship. I love some of the modern songs. I'm, I'm a little picky. If they got the anointing on them and they're biblically sound, I like them. Uh, but you have to use some discernment. There's some of them you're like, eh, maybe not for us, you know. And uh, one of my little pet peeves is when there's a repeat chorus over and over and over again, it just wears you down, right? You're like, ah, oh, let's get to the next song. Y'all ever do that? Raise your hand. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you get in it, and, and the presence of the Lord is there, and that ministers to you. Uh, even in the Psalms, there are Psalms where there's a repeat over and over. Well, that was a musical stanza. So it's actually biblical. There's nothing wrong with it. We just have our personal preferences, don't we? Right? Uh, but I, I, I'm reading this in the book of Revelation. Apparently, repeat don't bother God. Because he's got these beasts saying around the throne 24-7, 365, nonstop, no rest. And all they're saying over and over again on an indefinite loop is holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Don't bother God at all. <laughs> yeah, it says, uh, uh, it says it right here. Uh, they had six wings. They're full of eyes. Uh, they rest not day and night. And that's what they're saying. It don't take them all day to say it. So they have to repeat it. It don't bother God. So if we get, up, if we get stuck in what seems to be an indefinite loop of praise around here one day, it ain't bothering God. It might bother me. And it might bother you. But it ain't bothering God. Because God's, God's God's time. And he'll soak up every ounce of praise you give him. And he'll be waiting on the next one. Whether you stop or not, he's waiting for more praise. You see what I'm saying? We can't praise him enough. We, we get weak. We get irritable in our flesh. And some of you are ready to go home now. Amen. Because our flesh is weak, our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak, and that's understandable. But understand this, God never tires of praise and worship, no matter how repetitive it is, as long as that re repetition is not vain in your heart. There's nothing wrong with repetition as long as it's not vain, as long as it's not pretense and fake and just method, just doing it because you have to. Uh, when, has your praise become uh, more uh, repetitious than birth from your heart? Some people get in this trap. They'll come to church to worship the Lord, not because they want to, but because they have to in their mind. And it's more of a repetition. But it's not the kind of repetition that God honors because it's vain. It's vanity. Your heart's not in it. And there are some things that we should do for God over and over again, such as forsaking not the assembly of yourselves together as a manner of some is. That should be on repeat in your life over and over again. As, as, as much as in you is, you should be at church when and if you're able to give praise and glory to God and give, get instruction from Him on how better to live for Him and be a witness for Him. Amen, church? But if that ever becomes a vain repetition, then we've got to get back in our prayer closet until God revives our heart 
and gives us the affection for him that we had the day he first saved us. Amen? And that's possibly one of the reasons that churches are sometimes guilty of not giving him the exuberant praise that he's worthy of is because it's become a rut and a routine and a grind and we've lost our joy, we've lost our shout, we've lost our happiness. It's a grudge to serve God. Well, i got to go to church again. And nowadays with social media, it's tempting when we're not feeling like it to just sit at home and watch it on the internet and then the devil messes with the connection and you can't even get that. Amen. Next thing you know, you've missed an entire week of what you needed to feed your spirit. Can I get an amen, church? Uh, we need to be on repeat, but we need to be on sincere repeat for God. Now, how do we do that? We spend time in His presence alone with Him. We spend time at His feet. And we let Him refresh our hearts with His presence and His love and His joy so that it doesn't become a grind. But with rejoicing and joy, the ark symbolizing the presence of God is back in our midst again. And so we close with this verse. Let everything that hath breath Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Everybody stand to your feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to ask you this question. Is your praise mighty or wimpy? Mighty. 